This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is a major multitasker. She's an accomplished certified dog trainer. She is the co-founder of a very successful dog school in New York City. Oh, she can write. Her articles have appeared in the New York Times and the Boston Globe. She was an associate producer on Animal Planet for a show. Oh, and she's a mom of two under the age of three. Please give pause and applause to the remarkable Annie Grossman. Welcome to the show, Annie. Hi, Arden. Thank you for having me on. All right. All of us who have dogs Mm -hmm. need to pick your brain on today's show. Don't worry, no surgery, not that kind of surgery. <laughs> but as you know, the pandemic has really impacted all of us, including our canine pals. So guys, we are in for a treat. Now, I know all your dogs are perking their ears at that word, but Annie's going to cover some things that can help us and our dogs as we navigate through this pandemic. But we got to pay for the show first. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here with some great news. When you plan to travel with your pup or treat them to fun times outdoors, our friends at Carlson Pet Products have Mutts Have Products. Carlson Pet Products offers an array of pet pens. They're lightweight foldable and tucked nicely in a carry bag for storage. You can also add an attachable canopy to create a shaded outdoor oasis for your dog. Nice. So dash over to carlsonpetproducts.com today and pick the perfect pet pen for your canine pal. Get 25% off your order plus free shipping using the promo code PETLIFE at carlsonpetproducts.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Annie Grossman. She is the co-founder and director of operations for School for the Dogs. It's based in the Big Apple. Now, the school just celebrated its 10th anniversary. That's pretty cool. I found Annie when I was researching a nutrition column 
for Dogster Magazine. I'm their columnist. And the topic was lickable treats for dogs. I know all of you were thinking about ice cream cones right now, but settle, settle. And so I had a veterinary nutritionist. I had a veterinary behaviorist. And I'm like, man, I need a stellar think outside the box dog trainer. And Annie, your name soared to the top. My congratulations <laughs> and condolences for being interviewed by me. <laughs> uh, I like that I rank high probably on Google for things dogs like to lick. <laughs> I know. Well, the show's called Oh Behave. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good news too, guys, is Annie does know dogs and she does know how to train us humans. So let's just get started with the basics. School for the dogs. Explain the mission. Sure. Yeah. Well, we have a storefront location in New York City. Like you said, we've been around about 10 years and I'm a graduate of the Karen Pryor Academy. I uh, love Karen. Yes. Which, which um, I honestly kind of enrolled on a whim. I, I was a journalist for about a decade and then realized I wanted to do something else with my life and didn't really know very much about dog training, but I heard about heard about this program and uh, decided it sounded interesting and enrolled and got in. And when I got out, I realized I knew so much more than I had known before. But I part of what I realized was that there isn't one way to train dogs. That are, there are, I, you know, I used to sort of think dog training was just one thing. Sit, stay. Sure. And um, I had very very specific ideas about how. I wanted to work with dogs and with people, and I couldn't really find anyone else in New York where I live that was doing it the way I thought I would want to do it. And I kind of lucked into meeting a woman who literally lived across the street from me and was in a similar position trying to transition away from one career into dog training. And together, we converted my living room into a dog training center. Really? And you know, there's spacious, spacious uh, apartments. Yeah, in New York City. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I really felt that it was necessary to have a designated space where people could come to class, like a real school. Yeah. Um, Whereas a lot of dog trainers, especially in New York, go to people's homes or rent space, you know, at a dog daycare to teach a class. I wanted to have more control over the actual classroom. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we ended up um, starting a school for the dogs, which is how it got its this, name. Uh, you want to give a shout out to Kate? Yeah, my partner, Kate Sinisi, who now heads up all of our training efforts at School for the Dogs. And we're now actually, we've now moved to progressively larger locations. We're in our, uh, I guess, fourth location, our third retail location now uh, on East 7th Street in Manhattan. And we we are a reward-based, science-based, positive reinforcement-based dog training center. We specialize in helping people with dogs in urban environments help their dogs live the best possible lives in uh, in cities with all the challenges that those present. We have off-leash playtimes both for puppies and adult dogs. We actually run what I believe is New York's only trainer-supervised indoor-outdoor dog run that's uh, like members only. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And uh, we also do private lessons group classes. We, we do go to people's homes. And we have um, a really great store, um, both at our retail location. I have to hide my credit card when I go on a school for the dogs and <laughs> thing because I would be broke. 
Yeah, so our store, which is on East 7th Street, Manhattan, but we also have it online at the URL is storeforthedogs.com. What's cool is it really specializes in um, treats, training tools, but also toys that are designed to engage your dog's mind. Um, so we search far, far and wide to find the coolest, newest things. Well, I think that that segues right into, I can tell you were a journalist. Once a journalist, always. I was an <laughs> investigative reporter for 20 years yeah. in something called newspapers. But what I can say from you, you know how to do your research. And you know that same old, same old really doesn't cut it. So that's why I want to have a little fun because you come up with some fun finds that our folks that are listening from all over the globe might benefit by. So can we... I'm not flirting with you, Annie, but what <laughs> the hell is a flirt pole? I'm thinking it should be in some strip joint or something. You know, yeah. There are a lot of dog toys that look like they could have a second a, a second purpose in some S&M yeah. uh, institution. But yeah. Um, what is a flirt pole? Flirt poles are so simple and so fantastic. They're basically like really long cat toys or really big cat toys, but you know, they're for dogs. We sell them, but you can also make your own basically just using some PVC pipe and some rope and a toy. And they look kind of like fishing poles, I guess you'd say. Yeah. The ones we sell have like a really nice sort of fleece lure at the end and sort of like a bungee cord that you can um, attach this lure to, although you can also put just any like stuffed animal onto the end. And a nice, uh, a nice pole that's, oh, I don't know, maybe, I think it comes in two sizes. I think one is two feet and one is four feet or something like that. I usually recommend the smaller one for people who live in apartments. Um, Honey, there goes the mirror. <laughs> But it's uh, it's a really fantastic way to give a dog an indoor workout to play tug while allowing for some good distance between your hand and the dog's mouth um, yeah. because we don't want to, sometimes without bad intentions, dogs can get our hands when they think they're going after a toy. And uh, it's also nice because unlike, you know, throwing a ball where you have to keep going to get the ball with a flirt pole, the toy is just always attached to the thing. So you're never having to really run after it. And it's, I like to use it actually for training. So I'll play, play, play really hard and then I'll take it away and wait for the dog to sit. And then I'll start engaging in play again. For So it's especially useful for um, high energy dogs and dogs who don't have a lot of, who might not be so food motivated, who are more play motivated. It's a really nice way to help them sort of get out some energy. I don't know how people can have a puppy without one to be totally Well, honest. I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm in my backyard office. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. den, and I have this wand toy for my cats. Similar thing, yeah. Look at it like, Really? <laughs> Do I have to meow to get this, to play with this? <laughs> yeah. So you've got a great idea because you don't have to get rotator cuff surgery. You're not having to be an MLB pitcher. Yeah. And uh, another, actually, one of our, our best sellers on the, on the store is for treats, uh, well, how should I say it, <laughs> is what we call the liquid treat dispenser, which okay. I think you and I talked about when you were doing your article. And it's basically just a, a little silicone tube that fits really nicely in the palm of your hand. And you can fill it with peanut butter or cream cheese or cheese Whiz or even liverwurst. And uh, you just squirt out a tiny bit and your dog licks it and it makes for a really nice treat that doesn't get your hands dirty. That's high value. I really like using it when I'm walking uh, a dog on the street. Yeah, because let's talk about it. I mean, everybody's been conditioned to do 
the dog breathes the little small bite and swallow and you got your little pouch on your hip of your jeans you look like you're a cowboy without a gun right and you're reaching in to get it and you're fumbling and this one is tube and lick yeah well also you know your dog has to stop and chew the thing i mean maybe not yeah. literally stop but has to chew the thing whereas if you have something for them to lick it's a lot easier for them to they're not using their teeth they're just using their tongue yep, um good. so it's kind of a faster way to deliver it uh yeah and you're not fumbling around you don't have to you know wear a fanny pack type situation thing that's so <laughs> fashionable I, i'm sure annie you're going around in new york when you pre um these uh liquid tubes with your little fanny pack and everybody's like oh there goes annie gross <laughs> oh they're coming back into style and they make some pretty cute ones now yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah liquid i'm i'm a big fan of the liquid treat dispenser which is what we call that particular tube which is refillable but we also sell a bunch that of treats that come in tubes to begin with and um i think it's it's especially good i think if you're trying to kind of get guide your dog yeah. past something Okay. Well, we're going to take a break in a minute, but can we get right to it? Because during COVID and now as we try to crawl out of it and we may be back in it now, who knows with the, with the Delta deal, but I have my dog Kona. I don't know if you can even see her. Kona, Kona, Kona. There, she's the terrier mix. Kona. Hello. She goes, hi, Annie. I've been through levels of three levels of obedience. I got my canine good citizen. I'm a certified therapy pet. And oh, oh good for her. <laughs> I teach pet first aid with Arden. She's a better teacher. But during COVID, she would be on a walk and she'd see a person. She would see another dog. And she is not aggressive. She's like, oh, my God, <laughs> there's another dog. I got I to gotta, gotta go say hi. Mm, yeah. And trying to do the treat lure distractions and all that. I saw a change in her and I really tried working on it. So can you help some of us think about this? Cause we're going to go to a commercial break, but there's a change going on in our dogs due to COVID. And there's a lot of dogs that were adopted during COVID that to people that have never had a dog. So we really need you more than ever. <laughs> I mean, I'm thrilled that, that more people are getting dogs and I'm glad, I'm glad that some, some of those people are seeking help to try and become the, best possible dog owner. That's right. Because who's your best friend? Your dog. Yeah. So everybody, we're speaking with Annie Grossman. She's the co-founder of School for the Dogs in New York. And guys, we're going to learn more after we pay for this show by taking this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, Pet Pals, Arden Moore here. Welcome to spring and summer, the onset of itchy skin and allergy season. Is your pet dealing with itchy skin, hot spots, and even ear infections? Help is here. It is Zymox Shampoo and Conditioner to the rescue. Not only is this a shampoo and conditioner great for general bathing and healthy skin support, but it is the go-to shampoo and conditioner for itchy pets. Its patented enzyme formula is loaded with antibacterial and antifungal properties to ease the itch and stop the scratching. And as an added bonus, Zymox shampoos and conditioners give off a lovely, pleasant non-medicine smell. For over 20 years, Zymox products have been helping pets find relief for many health conditions. All Zymox skin and ear products get their effectiveness 
from enzymes. Zymox contains no antibiotics and no petroleum byproducts, just the soothing power of enzymes. Zymox can be found at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty stores, and online. To learn more, dash over to www.zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X for your pet's sake. Pause up, everyone. Arden Moore here, the host of the O Behave Show. Raise your paw if you love frozen desserts. I know I do. And so do my canine trio of Bujo, Kona, and Emma. They drool with delight when offered this sweet treat. And now all dogs will have plenty to yap about. That's because Ben and Jerry's has just unleashed not one, but two doggy desserts. Your dog can enjoy the Ponce Mix made with peanut butter and pretzel swirls, or Rosie's Batch made with pumpkin and mini cookies, or put a little of both in their bowl. Yum, yum for the tum-tum. Now, when you treat yourself to a bowl of your favorite Ben and Jerry's ice cream, mine is the classic Cherry Garcia, your dogs can enjoy the Ponce Mix or Rosie's Batch or a blend of both. Do you know what time it is? Why, it's Ben and Jerry's time. I see Happy, Bujo, Kona, and Emma heading my way. Check out the Ben and Jerry's Doggy Desserts at BenJerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com. Pause up. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is John O'Hurley reminding you you're listening to the Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're getting schooled in a good way with Annie Grossman. And before we get into it, I got to brag a little bit about you because kind of close, but you got some sort of Emmy nomination certificate. <laughs> for your work on an Animal Planet show. I was really digging called Two Cute Puppies and Kittens. So that's almost like an almost, almost win, right? Well, I, I actually don't know. I was nominated. I worked briefly uh, writing questions for Cash Cab. Oh, um, oh and, I love that show. That gave yeah. me- Oh, <laughs> yeah. cool. Uh, it was before I, I was working for uh, Animal Planet. But yeah, Cash Cab, the writers all got nominated for an okay. Emmy. So, um, nice. But yeah, Too Cute was a really fun show. It was on for several seasons. And uh, I, I was really um, fortunate to get to be an associate producer on that show and kind of like the resident animal expert. Nice. Uh, and I, I got to herd ducklings and track piglets as they grew up. And, uh, and of course, we followed many litters of puppies and kittens. So um, it, was, it was a fun experience. Wow. Well, now you're a mother duckling. You have a couple of ducklings that have. I do. You want to tell everybody because you just became a new mommy. Oh, yeah. I I have a four week old and a two and a half year old human puppies. And you, I guess you like flowers. What are the baby's names? Oh, the Magnolia is the older one and uh, Marigold is the baby. Yeah. And then you have a Chihuahua mix that's following this theme. Yeah. The, our Chihuahua Pitbull mix is named Poppy. Poppy. Yeah. Uh, Chihuahua Pitbull. Yeah. <laughs> well, I understand, you know, she's the typical mutt. She's like Chihuahua. We did the DNA test. She's Pitbull, Chihuahua, Chow. Yeah. Cocker Spaniel, Boxer. Who knows? With a hint of Siamese. Yeah, right. 
So this brings me to this point. One of the blogs and everybody after the show, please go to schoolforthedogs.com. And if you want to learn more about Annie, go to anniegrossman.com. But let's get into this. One of the blogs I, I saw that caught my eye, and that has to deal with the fact that your title was how to let two dogs uh, greet on the street or not. Yeah. So explain that because some pets, dogs on leash don't always have good manners. Some feel like, oh my gosh, I just won the puppy lottery. I got to say hi. Yeah. So, um, what's going on now? You know, I generally recommend that people don't let their dogs greet on the street. And I, this can come as a big surprise because I think people, especially people when they imagine getting a dog, imagine this social experience of going to dog parks and going up to other dogs on the street and making human friends that way. And, you know, I think it's so important for dogs to socialize, but I think it's, uh, it's often not the most appropriate way for them to socialize when they're on leash on a busy street, especially like in, you know, like I said, we're in New York City here. And I'm also uh, often wary of dog parks. Uh, I think the best way for two dogs to socialize is one-on-one. -on -one. Dogs tend to play best in uh, in dyads, and to do it in a safe environment, which does not necessarily need to be huge. If you don't have an enclosed backyard, it could be your kitchen or your living room. But at School for the Dogs, I'm always trying to play matchmaker and say, you know, hey, you two live near each other. Why don't you have some, you know, set up some off-leash playtimes, you know, even just 10 minutes a day, I think can go a long way. When you're on, when two dogs are greeting each other on leash, first of all, for a lot of dogs, just walking on a leash at all can be quite a, quite a difficult thing. So well, well, think about it from the dog's perspective, right? They're getting exercise. Yeah. But that nose is going, isn't it? Their nose is going, but they're also, you know, sort of straight jacketed. They're, it's not a natural thing for them to be tethered by, you know, by their neck or their, their you know, their chest or wherever you're tethering them. For them to be tethered at all uh, can be a struggle. And then you add in all the unknown variables on the street, the cars rushing past, the kids on scooters, the, you know, people who might look different than people that they're normally used to seeing. It's, I mean, we're asking a lot of a dog to be outside on a city street at all, let alone tethered. Yeah, that's <laughs> tethered and around and around other dogs. Um, so, you know, that's one reason I also don't necessarily trust other people with their dogs. You know, everybody, not everybody, but I tend to find that people people think that their dog is nice and friendly um, because they want their dog to be nice and friendly and they see themselves as nice and friendly people. Well, let's think about when people go in on dates, they think this person is this, this, and a bag of chips too, and they find out they really aren't. <laughs> right. So it's kind of like this. Right. There's a, well, right. So people project a lot onto their dogs and someone might say, oh, you know, Stella wouldn't hurt anybody. Stella is the nicest dog in the world where, where um, I looking at the dog and, you know, having a little bit more experience looking at, you know, reading dog body language can tell that Stella wants to get the heck out of the situation. And then, you know, what's going to happen to that dog who wants to get out of the situation? They can't because they're unleashed, they're tethered. So the normal um, response, which might be, I wanna put distance between me and this you know, dog that's scaring me, can't happen because they're tethered. So that leaves a dog 
sometimes with little choice but to growl and possibly bite. So sort of can escalate the degree of stress in the response from the dog well, it's, it's uh, when they're like on a, leash. It's like a doggy De Niro moment, don't you think? <laughs> like, you know, could be. You're looking at me, I'm, I'm looking at you, you know, and the other ones, I don't want to look at you, but I can't go anywhere. Well, so also on, on the street, usually dogs are approaching each other head on, which can be stressful, not necessarily a natural way to greet, um, you know, one coming at the other. Um, so yeah, some of my tips, if you are going to let your dog say hi to other dogs on the street, first of all, do... Do use your ability to communicate with the other person. Do say, you know, is your dog friendly? Is your dog okay at greeting? And if they yeah. say no, trust them. <laughs> yeah. Do not do not say, oh, but my dog gets along with all dogs. You know what? I want that phrase ripped out of our minds. My dog likes everybody. Right. No, no, no sentient being likes, likes everybody. Everybody. <laughs> period. <laughs> So God bless the people who say, no, my dog is not friendly. And actually, that's one other, another um, sort of different item that we sell in our online store is like leash sleeves that you can put on your leash that say, uh, give me space. Really? Um, yeah, like where you, you can like broadcast to other people like, my dog does not want to say hi to your dog. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's okay. It's It's just like... All right. I love my sister, Deb. She's a retired auditor. She doesn't really isn't all goofy and cheery and can't wait to meet the next person. But the friends she has, they're great friends. She's loyal to the end. But I think, you know, Deb would be the dog wearing the little sign that says, no, 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 thanks. And but we have plenty. We have plenty of people who wear who have that on their leashes, even though their dog is not necessarily reactive on leash, but because they want other people to stay away just for safety reasons. We even yeah. have we even have a few clients who have muzzle trained their dogs, have taught their dogs to wear muzzles on the street because their dogs are so adorable and cute that wherever they oh. go, they get you know, they have people rushing down the street to try and say hi to the dog, pick up the dog. And uh, that's not the right thing for that dog. And so I'm going to look a little badass. I got a muzzle on, but I'm really. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping up, you know, having a muzzle on a dog is one way to, to keep people the way for sure. So, yeah, I say, you know, talk to the other person. If they say their dog's not friendly, believe them. If they say their dog is friendly, then your next job is to check out the dog and see what the dog is telling you with with his or her body language. And, um, you know, uh, is the dog stiff? Is the dog sort of like not moving or moving just their eyes? Uh, sometimes we call it like a whale eye or a half moon eye when they are very stiff, but just moving their eyes so you can sort of see the whites of their eyes. That's usually a sign the dog is not comfortable. You're not getting a, a Valentine card from that dog that day. Some dogs will raise, will lift one paw. Some dogs will do a lot of lip licking. That's often a sign of discomfort or yawning. And you haven't yawned yet on the show, have you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so, you know, check out what the dog is is doing. Um, you want to see a dog who's wiggly and loose and, you know, has like a, a you know, nice floppy, floppy ears if they have floppy ears. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, a nice open mouth. Some dogs will do a little play bow and uh, which might be like their front part going down or their full lie down. Then when you are allowing the greeting, um, you really want to keep it short and sweet. I, I don't think that play sessions on leash 
are a, go are a good idea. I mean, certainly not a good idea if you live on a busy street in New York City like I do. But even if you're, you know, in the suburbs on a in a quiet area, I'd much rather find a place where those two dogs can be off-leash and uh, interact safely in that way um, than ask them to, uh, you know, create some sort of leash tangle. Again, you know, we're, we're restricting their movement in a way that can um, actually cause reactivity you know i often think I love about it, it right now we get real new york sounds guys yeah she didn't Legit. just hit a recorder here and, <laughs> and play it on this is i can yeah hear. yeah you know sometimes dogs uh i think can become can become uh stressed out about other dogs on the street because of the fact that they're leashed and we can sometimes even without meaning to pull at the dog when there's yeah. another dog around or or they're pulling at the other dog, and that produces tension on their collar, creating discomfort. And so whether we're the ones tugging them or they're tugging towards the dog and it's producing tension on their collar, what can, what can happen is the dog can be like, God, every time I see another dog on the street, I have this pain in the neck. And my breathing is restricted. So that other dog, other dogs must be bad news. So learning by association, right? Learning by association, especially, you know, when people are using choke collars or prong collars, I think that can um, happen all the more. So that's, Kona, you know. Kona's on a D-ring with a harness. Okay. And I like it because, um, and it also is one of those leashes that has like a handle closer to the end. So you can have like two handles and they're right, a traffic handle. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, I could just kind of grab that. Okay. Kona. And I yeah. body block a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest person in the world. I'm short, but I just do things. If I see another dog on the other side of the street, I just sort of get between that vision, direct eye contact and Kona's and we just keep going. That's a really, really smart thing to do as is using, you know, you talked about using treats in your treat pouch. And I was saying, one reason why I really like using like the liquid treat dispenser is I can kind of bring the dog to the side that I want the dog to be on my dog that's away from the other dog and guide the dog past the other dog as they're licking peanut butter. So, you know, you're, you're, you're doing that classical conditioning. You're creating a new association. There's another dog over there and I get peanut butter whenever there's other dogs. And where do I get peanut butter on the side of mom that's away from the dogs? Yep. So they pick that up pretty fast, don't they? We also carry a product called Bark Pouches, which are like these... Um, what are they? They're like these uh, gourmet mixes. <laughs> um, they make, trying to remember the, the sardine, they make a sardine cream cheese one. Mm, that's and, just making uh, my mouth water. Yeah. They, they <laughs> make... <laughs> no doggy kisses today, Kona. Yeah. And uh, we have, I don't know, four or five different flavors that they make. Yeah. But they're, th those are some of these like preloaded pouches that I was talking okay. about yeah. um, that I really like to use as well. Well, it sounds like, I mean, you can't take the journalist out of you. You're a mom now. You're a dog trainer. You're a business owner. You really do find creative new products. I mean, what's, what's the goal for 2021 for you? Uh, I'm working on a book. I'm oh. working on a, yeah, a book about dog training as I, as I see it. You know, for me, it's um, when I sort of discovered dog training, the big eye-opening moment was when I realized that, that the science of behavior applies to all animals and that learning theory applies to all animals. And so learning theory isn't species specific. So of course, there are many differences between humans and dogs, but I find that I'm always using uh, human analogies when I'm talking to my clients about dog behavior, whether that's talking about 
how dogs learn or how we can be most effective as teachers and um, the corollaries between dog life and human life as far as that stuff goes to me is endless. Uh, and I think um, we're in a moment that of, um, of pet ownership right oh, yeah. now. It's That's popping. really, yeah, it's really different than um, pretty much I think any generation before us experienced for so many reasons. So I think it's it's an exciting time and for me I, I'm hoping to get more and more people excited about dog training because I certainly never thought dog training could be so fascinating and exciting as to be something that I mean I, I thought I'm gonna become a dog trainer and then I'm gonna you know like I thought of it as like it'll be a vocation I'll go and train dogs and then come home and watch tv and you know drink wine and hang out with my friends it's in your fiber of your life yeah it really became you know something that I'm so so passionate about I'm, I want to talk about it at parties you know and well, uh, I'm kind of curious you know. um are you going to be slipping in any of your dog training techniques on Marigold? And <laughs> you know, I, I feel like w what I've learned about behavior thanks to dog training, I mean, that was really my in. I apply it to all of my interactions with other people and to everything I do. I try and run my business in a way that's positive reinforcement based and not coercion based uh, and doesn't use force. I try and... Uh, you know, yeah, I try and interact with my children in that way, too. I try, you know, I, I think that the, there's sort of five major things, and, and this is this part of the structure of the book that I'm working on. The five major things that I think people need to understand, the first two are, are learning by association and learning by consequence, which, you know, we all know more about than we realize because we're both, we're learning in both those ways all the time. And then, um, environment or management, like how can we set up environments for our animals or our children um, that are going to create behaviors that we want? How can we then reward behaviors that we want appropriately? Because of course, what's right for one dog reward-wise might not be right for another dog. What's, you know, what, what you like might not be what I like. Um, I think that's part of being a good parent or friend or spouse, right, is knowing what your subject <laughs> is into. And then the third thing, of, of or the fifth thing, I should say, is uh, timing. How can we, you know, we have this well-managed environment. How can we then deliver our well-selected, well our appropriately selected treats or rewards with uh, really good timing? That's the big one. Mm -hmm. So when this book comes out, would you let us know so we can have you also back on the show? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe I'll torturous for you. I'll send you a copy to blurb maybe okay, <laughs> about that. that. Good. Hey everybody. We're speaking with Annie Grossman. She is the co-founder of school for the dogs. It's in New York city. Go to schoolforthedogs.com. Go to anniegrossman.com. Well, you know, when we, when we were first starting school for the dogs, I was adamant about trying to find a, the least punny name possible. I just wanted something that was very oh, clear. We are, we are <laughs> polar opposites, girl. <laughs> but that's why I like you. Hey, guys, uh, I hope you've learned a few tips or tricks and insights into the world of canines with our very talented and accomplished guest, Annie Grossman. I really had a great time with you. I hope you, you did all right. I know you had to turn your air conditioning off to do this, and it's the summer in New York, so that's also appreciated, and that's dedication. So um, <laughs> any, any passing uh, last thoughts you want to say? to our No, group? thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. All right. Well, be good to your doggy poppy and your two little girls. 
And thank you for all you're doing for us two, three, and four-leggers out there. That's going to be the <laughs> end of my show. You're going to hear this in a minute. I also want to thank my producer, Mark Winner. He is the wizard of Paws. Pet Life Radio is the largest pet network on the planet. And humbly, this show has been on the air, the longest continuous pet podcast since 2007. And we're very proud of that. Go to ArdenMoore.com if you want to hear more. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.